Blue Wire Podcast. Yes, sir. Welcome to another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland here on the OBR Streaming Network. Back at our regular time here on Tuesday nights uh, during the off season. I'm your host, Brad Ward. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm sure our fantastic chat is filing in uh, right now, the best chat in all the land. Uh, as they join us here on uh, All Eyes on Cleveland at the OBR Streaming Network, which is on YouTube and Twitch. Um, and uh, feel free to get involved here tonight as we have uh, much to discuss, much to unpack here uh, today. Um, make sure you hit the like button at the bottom, uh, atone for your sins, and uh, uh, bow down to the YouTube algorithm. Uh, yes, and subscribe as well while you're down there. Uh, hey, Paul. And uh, let's bring in uh, our first guest here tonight, uh, the one and only Josh Keatley. He was running back at Valparaiso, and he is now a writer at the Buckeyes Wire. He is a friend of the show, frequent flyer here at All Eyes on Cleveland. What's up, Josh? Nothing much, man. Excited to be here. By the way, uh, shout out to the Pioneer Football League, Dalton Kincaid, former San Diego Torero. Just wanted to sh- they they beat us. I think they beat us by eighty points my sophomore year. I can't. It was it was uh, it was ugly, but uh, shout out, same league though. <laughs> wow, uh, impressive, impressive. Uh, thanks to uh, Kevin uh, Cycle. 18 for subscribing for 21 months in a row to the uh, uh, OBR streaming network over at uh, Twitch. So thank you very much for that, sir. Good man. Uh, let's t- dive into the... So so let's start. Let me start with this. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins is wanted out of, you know, he wanted out of Arizona. Yeah. And... Um, he, uh, his name was bandied about early in the off-season process. Uh, uh, also, thanks to uh, 70s Child 1 for subscribing for 14 straight months in a row. Thanks, guys. Um, so, and Hopkins, I ne- you know... I have never really viewed him as uh, a real option for the Browns, or at least at, at the beginning of this, I didn't, um, because of the cap hit. So, um, and that, you know, they're smarter than that, right, uh, yeah. to take on it. Well, he's been released now, so it's a totally different ballgame. Now, I still think that at this point, Pat Shea, also subscribing tonight for the 22nd month in a row. Thanks, guys. You guys are uh, doing, got a little train going here. So thank you very much uh, in the chat. Uh, But, um, and I still didn't really take it seriously because to me, the Browns work in the wide receiver room was done, Uh, you know. Elijah Moore, big move for them. Cedric Tillman, big draft pick, big body for them. Uh, Goodwin, who had uh, a standout day at OTAs last week on Wednesday. Um, So I I kind of looked at this as, you know, okay, whatever. But um, 
this thing has become real in the last 24 hours. Uh, if you're reading the tea leaves, uh, the Browns are in on Hopkins. And to what extent and how far they'll go, I'm not sure. But um, it's important that we, I think that we change the tone a little bit. Because I, I was one that was just kind of like, eh, you know. I'm not really taking it seriously, but I think that, like, today, um, yeah, as DF Sports says, DHOP to Cleveland is real. Don't sleep on the Browns pulling this off. I, I would agree. So I, to- I talked to um, our insider, Brad Stainbrook at DOBR, before I came on the air, and I said, Brad, what is the latest you've heard? What can I say on the air tonight? As he couldn't get away, he's covering the Indians game for ESPN Cleveland. Um, or else he would have joined us. And he said uh, that I could uh, relay the message that um, sorry, I'm trying to uh, uh, catch up with all my notes. Um, That uh, they are making calls on him and they are very aware of what he and Deshaun accomplished in, in Houston together was the, the latest news uh, from, from Brett. So, and, and this comes uh, on the heels of multiple reports today, uh, Schefter including the Browns in it, and on Schefter's podcast today, he went on to kind of say that Buffalo won't pay a premium for him. Kansas City will, probably. The Browns probably will. And kind of laid out on his podcast that he thought that Kansas City, in a roundabout way, and the Browns were the front runners for this. Uh, no Tony Jets? Gross. What's that? No, no Jets? I heard from a couple people that the Jets were also. Yeah. I've heard them in the mix as well. There's a lot of teams in the mix. The Patriots as well uh, are in the mix. There's a lot of smoke, right? And um, Grossi's quote on the uh, topic, uh, there's growing optimism in the building that the Browns are emerging as front runners. That's from Tony Grossi today. Um, In a... I'll get to that in a second... Uh, Channel 3 News in Cleveland, uh, he has opened, d- t- discussed it with, uh, actually made contact with Watt, or with Hopkins people, and uh, Hopkins is reportedly open to signing with the Browns. So, yep. you, you have all these reports coming in, and all of a sudden it doesn't seem as far-fetched as it once did. It seems rather real. So I think it's important that we address it that way uh, here tonight because there's a lot that comes with this, right? Um, now, the front runners really are Casey, Buffalo, New England, Cleveland, the Jets, I think, are the teams that I've heard. Um, yeah, Red Leader makes out the point that, uh, you know, uh, I don't think we need him. Yeah, and I want to get to that later, too. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot tweeting... As much as she uh, has about D-Hop should tell you everything we need to know. Yeah, exactly. I agree. 
with uh, DF Sports in here, who has a, a very nice channel himself on the Browns. So go check that out on um, uh, uh, YouTube when you have a chance. So today was the um, 23rd annual Cleveland Browns golf outing at Westwood Country Club. Did you know that, Josh? I, I was aware, but I was only aware because of all the D-Hop questions to Deshaun. <laughs> yes. Yes. So they were all out on the links today, uh, which actually made for... Um, actually made for people access to these guys, right? You know, and yeah. to ask these questions. Um, and uh, so the 23rd... They were all out on the golf course... Um, first thing was, uh, that we'll hit real quick with a couple quotes. I want to just lead off the show with here before we really unpack some of this stuff. Right. Uh, Watson was asked about Hopkins, right? Um, I know there's a lot of things swirling around in the media of him possibly coming to Cleveland. Watson said Tuesday, at the charity golf outing at Westwood Country Club. And for me, my answer to that is, of course, we would love to have him. Uh, he knows that. Uh, we had a lot of connections, but that's kind of out of my range of things, um, uh, of kind of coordinating things. So all I can uh, so all I can do is make a call and see what happens and let uh, A.B. do the rest, uh, referring to general manager Andrew Barry there and then Stefanski was asked as well about the situation uh I really like our wide receiver room Stefanski said I love the guys uh that are in there Andrew and his crew are always looking at every avenue so I won't comment specifically on the player because uh, I think it's tampering if he talks about him right other than to say that I really like our roster so um Interesting stuff there. You know, the other thing that made some news today is he uh, signed with Clutch Sports, um, as which is, uh, you know, LeBron's, uh, you know, guy, right? Rich Paul uh, and uh, Clutch Sports um, representation, right, uh, for his agency, uh, and Kelton Crenshaw is his actual agent from Clutch Sports, who is based out of Cleveland, uh, which is very interesting, I think. Uh, so his new manager or manager uh, agent uh, and managing agency is now Clutch Sports, who um, by also another interesting little tidbit here, if you're trying to read between the, the uh, lines here a little bit um more browns than any other agency is represented by clutch sports oh wow i didn't know that yeah so uh lots of uh lots of stuff going on there now i did look at uh yeah uh, there was a weird comment about or that fake comment about Anthony Schwartz. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> that he had always dreamed of playing with Anthony Schwartz. Did you see that? Did you see that, Josh? Yes. Yeah. The, the Hopkins said he always dreamed of playing with Anthony Schwartz. Uh, not true. Not true. Um, 
Yeah, he does also <laughs> represent Donovan People Jones. Pat, yeah, it is, that is hilarious. Uh, okay, so here are the odds at DraftKings Sportsbook right now, which this is f- of four hours ago. I couldn't find anything updated. But four hours ago, the odds for where Hopkins lands, right? I thought Vegas knows. Let's oh, wow. take a look, right? Um, yeah, sure. Now the Browns are way Browns are not near the top on this, this this these odds, and as you would expect, it goes Bills are the front runner plus three hundred. Now that I think may have changed today with what Schefter said, which was the, this evening sort of. So um, a lot of that came out about what Schefter said about them not wanting to pay a premium uh, for him. Um, sure. And then um, I, I'm going to let uh, Andrew Spade of the OBR in here as well. What's up, Andrew? Hey, guys. Uh, nice to be on with you. Uh, it's a wonderful Tuesday evening here, uh, post-Memorial Day. Just starting to settle into the summer vibes. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you, Brad? Good. We're, I'm, I'm kind of rehashing everything D-Hop here. Like, from where I didn't find it very realistic to today where this has come very real to i i think we have to treat this as though this is very real at this point so kind of going through all of the the goings on the quotes today the clutch sports stuff Mm -hmm. the new agency right is agent out of cleveland um so kind of hashing all that out before we kind of unpack what's what here okay um that's good so DraftKings Sportsbook has the Bills at plus 300. And as I was just saying, you know, Schefter went out of his way to say that the Bills won't pay a premium for him. So he doesn't consider them as like high up the list, although they are the uh, highest odds on DraftKings of as of four hours ago. Kansas City second at plus 400. The Ravens uh, third at plus 650, which scares the shit out of me. Uh, if I can be honest with you, uh, New York Jets at plus seven hundred, Patriots plus nine hundred, Chargers plus one one thousand, and then we get into the Jaguars, Lions, and Browns all the way at plus two thousand, tied with the Eagles. So they're well down the board on, on the Vegas odds. Now, if you listen to the to what Grossi has said, what our own Brad Stainbrook said to me before the show. Um, it feels rather real in the building and people that are close to the situation think that the Browns are pretty much in on him. Uh, does this surprise you, Josh Keeley? No, the Browns should be in on him. I mean, you know, we, we've, we've heard it. You don't make a move like they did for Deshaun Watson and not go all in. So, you know, you got chips left on the table. Time to put him in the middle, baby. And this is this is one way to do it, to get one of the best wide receivers in you know, the NFL. He's been the best for two different teams for a very long time. He's still the, he's still one of the best. I mean, this, this ups the ante. Like, it would be very interesting. Right now, the Browns' win total set at nine or eight and a half on DraftKings. Is that right? I haven't checked yeah. in a while. It's right uh, around there, nine. He, I mean, he should bump him up another game. I mean, that's how that's how good I think DeAndre Hopkins is. Um, you know, he he immediately elevates your offense. So you have to at least try. Plus, this front office, uh, this front office always does a good job of doing their due diligence. I mean, even back when you guys remember when they were talking, oh, Cam Newton, Cam Newton might come to Cleveland, right? And that didn't happen. But the point is, is that this front office is very accustomed to turning over the rock and, and finding guys and, and exploring all options. You know, they've invited a lot of XFL guys in and out uh, for, for various shots. So this front office, I, I have no doubt. The problem is I don't know if you're DeAndre Hopkins, 
do you go to Cleveland if you got KC? And then, like, I, I thought the Jets would be higher, too, I'm going to be honest with you. But those also, to me, are teams that – I mean, Kansas City, that's a, basically a, lot, a Super Bowl lock if you're if you're looking at it with him and Mahomes. And then you can join a big – you can join Aaron Rodgers in, in a large market in New York, too. That's also feels pretty appealing. So, I, I mean, I'm biased, so I would pick Cleveland, right? Reconnect with your old quarterback, but I, does my opinion really matter? I'm, I'm – very, very biased. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I I agree. Um, I'll, I'll bring up a little bit more about that, too, but I want to get your thoughts on it, Andrew. Uh, you've kind of been a proponent of Hopkins, haven't you, all along? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this now that this feels a little more real here today, you pretty excited about that? Well, you know, <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. you you know, I mean, the OBA, OBJ trade and um, – you know, I'm trying to think of some other examples. Uh, there's plenty of plenty of Browns transactions in the in the past that you know I, I I try not to get too excited about a transaction, especially one that hasn't happened yet, right? But um, but I do think you know uh, Josh makes some great points about you know what a player of Hopkins caliber would do you know to this offense, and um, I I think the the angle that I'm maybe a little overly uh, bullish on is the idea that. Hopkins is is sort of a security blanket for Watson and a way to help Deshaun kind of get back to his best version of himself. And so, you know, to the extent that they maybe have to overpay a little bit, do you overpay a little bit to to get the guy that that Watson had the most success in the NFL with? Like that of of the arguments you could make for overpaying for a player, I think yep. the the fact that the the super expensive quarterback that you gave up three first round picks for is close friends with and has a great chemistry with this player is probably at the top of the list of reasons. So, you know, I, I was, yeah, I was on board with it when it would require giving up a draft pick and taking on his contract. Certainly now that the Browns can position themselves with the contract and void years and all that sort of stuff, the way that they prefer to, uh, I, I think it makes a ton of sense. Having said all of that, uh, there's still a part of me that, you know, um, is, is always a little cautious because we know this front office has a price in mind and they likely are not going to exceed that price. So, you know, if another team decides to go all in uh, on a player like Hopkins, um, the, the Browns probably have a number in mind that they won't exceed. And if, if Hopkins is mostly interested in getting the most money, which is understandable for a player of his age, then I could see how it could end up with him someplace like, you know, New England or um, Detroit, for example. Teams that have more space can can be a little more aggressive. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, you make you both make really good points. A, I think that the Browns will are, you know, no matter what the situation, if it if it means a potential path to being a better football team, Andrew Barry will pick up the phone and have the conversation, period. No matter what. Um, even if it doesn't mean it never gets done, he's still going to have the conversation. So I think we knew that he would always do that, right? And then that we're at this point where they're being considered as one of the teams or as some people said, the dark horse favorite today, uh, a couple times we heard. Um, it, it, I'm a little surprised, but you make a great point, Andrew, in that, you know, if it means, you know, you, you when you chose 
Watson, it was a win at all cost move. Exactly. So whatever you have to do to get that right, it's worth doing at this point, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I agree with that. Now, listen, do you think any of it at this point where they've acquired a um, Elijah Moore and they've brought in a Marquise Goodwin and they've drafted a Cedric Tillman and you have DPJ in the final year of his rookie deal and you have Cooper on this roster, do you think that bringing in DeAndre Hopkins at age 31 is prohibitive to your the future of this wide receiver room at all? Do you worry about that, or is that a, just a non-concern? Go for it now while you can. Go ahead, Josh. Andrew, you can go first. Oh, okay. Um, well, I, you know, uh, I would just say that... Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, Josh said it a few minutes ago, when they traded for Watson, the future became a lot less relevant, right? Like you're skipping three first round picks, three consecutive years. I mean, I know they're always going to be responsible about their assets and, and they don't want to ever leave the cupboard empty, so to speak. But, um, you know, at, at a certain point, yeah. Okay, so there you go. That's That's four teams. You know, all in the AFC. Boy, the AFC just gets more and more loaded. If, if Hopkins, you know, any of those teams, it's, I mean, it, the Patriots get them, you know, then you got to start talking about the Patriots as a wild card team. Anyway, I, I think to your point, Brad, yeah, I mean, you, you don't love the idea of a, a guy like Cedric Tillman maybe not even seeing the field, but the, the roster is constructed to win right now. And I, I don't think that they can really worry about the three to four year development of a third round rookie, you know, or a one year vet like Marquise Goodwin when you have the opportunity to add a player that, you know, I mean, I think we're all on the same page that what he would do, right? I mean, that's that's the that's the whole thing here, right? If we think it's, you know, if it's this is a player on the level of say a, like a, you know, Nelson Aguilar or a Kendrick Bourne, it's like no, we we don't, you know, Cedric Tillman might be as good as that this year. We don't need that sort of depth. But when you're talking about a player that replaces Donovan Peoples Jones and adds something that this offense doesn't have in terms of contested catch down the field, um. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those situations where some of these corner considerations of what happens down the road and the cap and stuff, you maybe push those back a little bit just to make the aggressive move. It's it's a lot like the Zedarius Smith trade, really. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh, are you worried at all that you prohibit the uh, growth or a guy like, for example, Elijah Moore, who just got done talking about how he felt uh, it was felt so good to be wanted again uh, earlier last last week during the OTAs, and uh, you know appreciated again, and and how comfortable he felt. He's not going to feel that's so comfortable all of a sudden. If DeAndre Hopkins walks out there. That's how it goes, man. You know, let you know. Every I think it was. It's already been summarized. You 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 when you made the trade for Deshaun Watson, you you basically sold your soul to the devil. You have to win now. Every day, every day that goes by where there's no Super Bowl ring or Super Bowl trophy in, in Cleveland, they're la- You know, I don't want to say they're a laughing stock, but people talk about it, right? If you listen yeah. to other podcasts from other teams and stuff, you know, there's very little faith in what Cleveland is doing. They paid him. They paid this guy a lot of money. He looked he looked terrible. He looked terrible last year. Let's be honest, right? You gotta go get this guy who, who safety blanket was a good term. He's already got connections with them. I have no problem with it. You know, I David Bell. That's a guy you know I love from Purdue. I absolutely loved him. But that's a guy that if he gets cut to make this move, you know, by God, that's gotta happen. You know, Arizona when they added DeAndre Hopkins the first time, 
they kind of already had a similar wide receiver group to what the Browns have now. You know, they had a lot of young guys, Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk. Uh, you know, there was a, a couple, I think it was like the kid from, they had a kid from Texas A&M, Speedy Noyle or whoever. They were all early, relatively early round, mid-round picks, a lot like Cedric Tillman. Well, you know, Andy Isabella's not there anymore. The kid from, you know, the, they made the necessary moves and brought him in despite what that was going to do for their growth. Now that backfired for them, but that's the risk you take, right? And I don't think – I think that the Browns are in a different situation. Um, and he was still very good for the Cardinals. It wasn't like a Dwayne Bowe situation or OBJ situation, right, where they added him and he did nothing. I mean, he was the best wide receiver in the NFL literally two years ago. So mm-hmm. I, I don't – you can't – it's going to happen. Somebody that you like is going to get cut. But that's that's how you got to play it, you know? You got to move on, right? Let's hit yeah. on that. I'm glad you brought that up real quickly. Okay, two years ago, yes, best wide receiver in the NFL. He's 31 now, though, and he's coming off two years where he hasn't played a whole, you know, what's he played? Uh, very few games in the last two games, the suspension, right, and whatnot. But um, I saw so, Cleve T.A. post today, right, uh, that nobody uh, uh, 31 and over has gone for over a thousand yards in the last three years. Is that a concern for you at all, Andrew? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it just depends on what you're expecting him to do, right? Okay. I, mean, um, I think the point of of the Hopkins move with Cooper and and Moore and these other guys on the roster is 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 so that so that there's always somebody open, right? It's not necessarily that they're going to have a, a true number one that that sees 150 plus targets. It's going to be that they're going to have three options that can win on every down, and Watson is going to be counted on to sort of be the point guard and and just distribute the ball whether it's deep or short, whatever. But but that's that's the approach, right? Is that they would they would really have you know sort of two one Bs in Cooper and Hopkins, and then Moore who's sort of a two A. That's you know to me that's a pretty diversified attack, different skill sets. Uh, and two guys that have really done it for a long time in the league, you know, Cooper and Hopkins is a, as a duo. I know they're both. I mean, Cooper's still fairly young, but I know Hopkins is getting up there. To your point, there's also the you know from the injury standpoint, it's kind of a little bit like what they've got a cornerback, right? Like you know, Denzel Ward's going to miss four games a year, so <laughs> you've got Emerson, Newsom, and Ward. You, if all of them play twelve, you're good, right? Same thing with the wide receivers. If Cooper and Hopkins are both out there for twelve, they're covering for each other the rest of the time. You're probably still in a pretty good shot, and, and and they've got you know they've got the depth to absorb an injury. Um, the other thing I would I just want to say on the roster construction piece, you know they've yeah. got Najoku and Akins at tight end. They I mean Bryant is maybe the third tight end, but maybe gets cut because of how much his salary is this year. Maybe they just go two tight ends, and that allows them to keep seven wide receivers. So you can keep a guy like a David Bell, you know, or uh, you know I mean if if uh, <laughs> for some unforeseen reason Anthony Schwartz turned it around, or if there's another young player that kind of comes out of nowhere you might have an extra spot to play with on the wide receiver side. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, I, I I tend to think that uh, Bryant is not on this roster yeah. either way. So uh, that's an actually a really good point. Um, you know, uh, a lot to talk about, you know, in the chat here about D-Hop uh, helping to unlock Watson. And, and to your guys' point, that's kind of – the main focus, right, with all of this uh, and the reason why you do it. What do we, 
there is a financial repercussion to this as well, right? So, uh, as Jack has been rather vocal about, uh, Jack Duffin at the, of the OBR, that after this year, um, you know, you will be dealing with some repercussions potentially with Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones is gone almost for certain because uh, I don't think he's in the business of signing a one-year deal, right? So, uh, where do you come out on that, Josh? I, I again, I, I don't. Doesn't matter. I don't. Think, I don't think it matters. You, it, it puts him. It, it is going to be rough, but it's it's kind of like a Rams situation. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. they went out there and they signed all you know Jalen Ramsey and and Cooper Cup, OBJ, Robert Woods, all the you know Matthew Stafford, and it worked out. It worked out. Now they have the most rookies on our NFL roster, and half of them are going to start. So it's, it's unfortunate. That's kind of you know that's what you, two steps forward, one step back, right? Um, so I, I think by signing him and winning now, that's what you worry about, and then hopefully the financials figure itself out. You don't want to not sign a difference maker just because you're worried about the financials two years from now or next year. You know, we talk about Donovan Peoples Jones, but let's he's not DeAndre Hopkins. I would rather have 31-year-old DeAndre Hopkins, who I think was on pace to get 1,000 yards last year if it wasn't for his suspension. For DeAndre, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's not the same guy. You know, I, I do have concerns about his age. I'm not saying he's going to come in here and be an all-pro wide receiver, right? And I don't want to make the comparison, but it, it feels like a lesser version of when Jerry Rice went to the Raiders with Tim Brown, where it's like they don't – they're both they're both older. They're both not doing what they did. But combined with the right quarterback, they could do something special. And that they, those teams did. They were both past their prime, but together they made a, a great unit. I think James Jett was in the slot, right? Another wide receiver that was not very good. And Rich Gannon was the quarterback, another quarterback that, you know, had his ups and downs. I mean, that, that I, it's, a, it's a lofty comparison, but that's kind of the goal, kind of the vision that I see, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I can see it. Uh, Andrew, not you're, I, I take it you're not concerned with the financial fallout. Push it to the background. Because if you're pushing in, you're pushing in, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the concern is understood, right? I mean, they can't just keep doing this forever. Yeah. Um, they can't, you know, the salary cap is real and there are consequences. But I think, you know, especially, I mean, you know, to your point about a multi-year deal, I, I think – a multi-year deal actually maybe gives them a little bit more flexibility in terms of being able to push it stuff does. into future years, uh, you know, or adding a void year or two. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they, they've shown that they have the ability to get really creative with these. Again, I think this is a big reason why their interest is is probably a lot higher now than it was going to be in a trade situation because they didn't they couldn't handle the contract he was on, and so no. now that they have the ability to write the contract, uh, as I said before, if he's trying to just get paid the most guaranteed money he's not going to come to Cleveland, right? But if it's part of a larger project of reuniting with Watson and the Browns can get him into the ballpark of, of his, his perceived value, then I, you know, I, I guess the way that I would say it, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit tautological, but like I trust Andrew Barry to manage the cap. So if they sign DeAndre Hopkins, I'm not going to like lose a lot of sleep over whether or not they can afford it. Right. Like if they do yeah. it, they can afford it. Cause they decided, you know, I, I, that's how I feel about it. And, um, you know, I, 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 the, the thing about trying to Im analyze a single move in the context of a 53 man NFL roster and a 90 man expanded is, is so much stuff happens from year to year that you just can't predict. Um, 
you know, you look at where the Buccaneers were last year, for example, and now Tom Brady's gone and they're starting either Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. Like the, the NFL changes so fast that you can't, I don't think it's always possible to say in a vacuum, this is the move that ruined them for the salary cap, right? Because there's a world in which Wyatt Teller has another substandard year and they're looking to move on from his deal next offseason. And that would yes. free up some cap space. And there's other examples that we could go into. So it, it, I, 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 all I would say is that if they hadn't traded for Zedaria Smith, I would be pretty far, pretty well convinced they wouldn't make a move like this. But I think the Zedaria Smith move is a good template for the sort of idea that they're looking at, which is, you know, that's a, I mean, that's a one-year rental, right? That is a, that's a true one-year rental for a player roughly the same age as DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, doing that again with Hopkins with a slightly different structured contract makes a lot of sense, I think. And, it, and it's the same type of calculated risk is the way I'd say it. Can I, can I ask a question about the future as, as, since we're on the topic? You know, if when we were talking about the future, because we're, we're going to be Browns for fans in two or three years, right? Everybody, yeah. Yeah. I don't plan on changing the basis. But let's be honest. I mean, Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry, they had the same Vegas win total as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, right. does that mean anything? No, but it kind of does. I mean, you, you know, if, if you, that's that's the expectations. That yeah, they don't give money away sport. in Vegas. That, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the, that's the yeah. expectation. So right now right. the Browns are projected to be the same win total as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I don't know about you guys, but if we lose, if the Pittsburgh Steelers are higher up in the AFC North standings than the Browns this year, I'm going to be calling for some heads, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's just how – and I don't yeah. think I'm going to be the only one. So mm -hmm. our yeah. our version of the future and their version of the future are way different things because he yeah. might not be – he might be thinking, i got to keep my job and worry about that later because, I mean, that's the reality of the situation, right? The Bengals are good, the Ravens are better, and the Steelers did not look terrible. So yeah. – yeah, you make a, you both both make really good points there as far as that goes. And and the thing with this is, and this is what gets gets me right. And this is why, because I I'll be honest, I, I'm I was hesitant to get behind this, but you know, you guys are kind of talking me into this. But this is what scares me the most, right? Like, okay, Kansas City. There's Buffalo, right? Kansas City, really scary, like. In Kansas City right now, like they have gone from Tyreek Hill and Kelsey to getting it done with lesser around Mahomes and being successful at it to even going lesser this year, right? Like they think that they can do it. So uh, Hopkins in Kansas City, you're talking about a ton of targets and a huge part of like, I feel like... Um, him in Kansas City makes the biggest difference, right? Like right now compared to roster. Like he elevates their wide receiver group more than he would any other. Because you have Diggs in Buffalo. You have, you know, you have uh, guys in Cleveland that, that you feel like you, you, or you pretty feel pretty good about, right? Uh, with Cooper and and uh, Elijah Moore and stuff. But like th they're, they're counting on what's his – What's his nuts uh, to be their number one in Kansas City? Uh, what's his name? Um, I, come I'm, I'm going to be honest. Mark, you're talking about Scantling? What did you say? It's not Scantling. The guy they... Uh, Sky Moore? No. Kadarius uh, Tony. Oh. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know. I think that they're pretty comfortable with their receivers. Although, I mean, you know, Sky Moore was the guy that a lot of Browns fans were banging the table for his draft. 
high, high I mean, draft pick. Darius Coney, Coney was a first rounder who's dealt with some injuries. You know, MVS is fast. They drafted that Rice kid from SMU. They got Richie James. You know, yeah, they did get Patrick was slinging it to Juju. I, you know, what else? I don't think he, I think I could go out there and catch passes from the dude. I don't think that, he needs much. That's my point, though, right? Like, that's my point is that uh, the the group they have now is young and unproven. And they don't really have anybody that's like a proven stud there, right? Like, but this changes that uh, completely. Uh, And this one really kind of scares me the most, right? Like, so while you are acquiring, if you do go out and get Hopkins, you're also playing keep away from all these teams that you're competing with. Like, whoever gets him not only gets the weapon, but prevents... The Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots, all these teams that consider themselves contenders in the AFC from acquiring a weapon themselves. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, I think, like, it, it, it would, if, yeah, if he ends up on the Ravens, it'll be frustrating. I mean, you know, in, in all candor, we can talk about, you know, as much as, we want we can talk about that the browns feel like they're all in you know and and they are i don't i don't currently view them you know i mean with the with the question mark at quarterback uh i don't currently view them as in the same tier as the bills or the chiefs so if hopkins goes to the bills or the chiefs i think it's to me it's a little bit more of a shrug of the shoulders just because you know if watson is i i guess i, I put it to you this way if watson is is 2020 deshaun watson I think the Browns are going to make a deep playoff run regardless of what anybody else does because I think sure. their overall roster is that talented. And if Watson's not that good, then it's kind of not going to matter. Um, so Hopkins going to the Chiefs or the Bills, I, you know, I, but, but the in-division thing, you know, I, I mean, to Josh's point, they can't keep finishing behind most of the teams. You, you know, this is, this is the time where they should be winning division titles instead of finishing fourth. So, um, you know, if the Ravens – you know, turn this questionable offseason where they were maybe going to lose Lamar into, they get Lamar plus OBJ plus Hopkins, and they go out and put up like a top five offense. It's going to be pretty hard they, sitting they in Cleveland watching the Browns. Too. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they've, they've got some talent there. So uh, that would be the one that would bother me. Um, but, you know, I, I think the, to me, the, the, the strongest argument is, is the one about, you know, helping Watson be the best version of himself. I mean, that picture kind of says it all right there. Like, these these guys are professionals that have worked together, and so like in any in any line of work, you know, uh, if you're a, an executive, often you bring in sort of your right hand man, and I think this is maybe that sort of a situation. Yeah, makes a lot of sense, and it uh, uh, the the smoke right now is crazy. While you guys were talking, I was just looking through like Twitter, right, because he's trending, and I mean, you can find anything you want on him right now, like. The Giants, like an hour ago, they were there was guys in New England reporting that he was like for certain going to New England, and he supposedly did something on his Instagram page that signified that he was going to go to New England, and here we are an hour later, right? So uh, I'm just saying that it's crazy right now. The smoke is crazy right now everywhere, but I do think, um, and I don't think the Browns have shied away from it, that they are in at least conversations about this and, and should be considered a realistic contender as Schefter pointed out, right? Like um, the AFC is an arms race right now. And uh, regardless 
of where he ends up, it's going to change the landscape of the AFC considerably. Um, my concern, and I know he played well last year, um, it's just it's just the age. I like. I like our wide receiver room. I agree with Kevin Stefanski, and I know he was being you know Kevin, right? He was being Kevin when he said this, but I do like our wide receiver room as it is. I do think I agree with you though that if you have the opportunity to um, push this all the way to the limit. Uh, then you have to take it right. Like this is a this is an unprecedented opportunity where it just so happens that the guy that you spent two hundred and what x million dollars guaranteed on his best weapon is suddenly available in the year that he first has seventeen games to play with his new team. Uh, that's kind of you know uh, lucky. It, you know that that even is available as an option for the Browns, so you'd be crazy not to explore it. Correct? I would I would agree with that. I feel like an opera. You know, I don't want. I, I think the, the stars are aligning aligning a little bit. You know what I mean? Like this is the perfect. He Deshaun Watson struggled last year, so you're trying to figure out every way to get him back to that previous form where he was a top five NFL quarterback. And this is if they given to you on a silver platter. It would be a shame if they let it get away. So, I, I you know, I, 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 I like the Browns receiving group as well. I think that it's all the Brown season is all going to depend on how Deshaun Watson plays. So if you can do something that's going to help him, you got to do it, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that that's kind of how the Browns have approached the offseason already, yep. you know, mm-hmm. to this point. So uh, this would make sense um, if they were to to get him. It, I don't think it's like a for sure thing. I think it's going to be difficult, right? Like to your point, Andrew, they have their number or, or yeah. I, whoever said that they have their number and they, they may have to overpay a little. And I'm sure they're aware of that, that right. Um, but uh, I don't know any idea of D hops. Here's a question in, in the chat from elegant one. Uh, any idea of D hops uh, requirements, salary and other considerations. Do we have a ballpark figure out there? Anybody? Well, I, I mean, I would I would think that the the Beckham deal is is probably a little bit of a benchmark, right? I mean, yeah. they're they're players in relatively similar positions, um, but then you know uh, every player is different in terms of what they prioritize, right? Uh, you know, Beckham was really public about wanting to get paid what he is worth, and so that was his main consideration, which is why the Ravens made the deal that they made. Um, it's which possible- I think is crazy i think yeah, that's a crazy of amount of money, of money to pay money. beckham yeah. but i would yeah, i agree I, I would rather pay hopkins that amount of money than than obj at this point i agree with Let's that just too. be clear about I agree that. With that yeah hopkins has a better recent track record for sure um yeah no i mean i i i i think it's so hard to know in these situations because he deandre hopkins would be justified in wanting 20 million dollars a year but would you rather have 20 million dollars a year to go play for a team that doesn't have a chance of making the playoffs or would you rather make, you know, eight or twelve playing for a team that has legitimate Super Bowl chance? So, you know, when you're when you're 31 years old in the NFL, there's a lot more that goes into it than just the cash on the table. And uh, you know, I keep bringing up the Zadarius Smith 
trade, but it's, it was the same thing there. It was reported afterwards that he was essentially choosing between three teams and he chose Cleveland. And I think it, yeah. it, it kind of, you know, goes to show you that, that, I mean, I assume that one of those, one of those teams was going to give him a different sort of a contract, but he, he chose yeah. the ability to be a free agent and, you know, to, to be play with miles Garrett and play in a four, three system. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, I think that some, a similar type of conversation is going on. So, to, you know, to answer that question, the person that knows all of this is, is DeAndre Hopkins and that's it. Uh, Paul Spencer makes a very interesting point in the chat. The Ravens made that deal to make their QB happy. Sound familiar? Question mark. Uh, if Deshaun ahead. Watson is unhappy with how the Browns have treated him. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, but very funny, though. Go ahead, uh, Josh. Well, it, it also that, – that's that's my fear is what, what you basically just described is that the Browns are kind of in a little bit of purgatory, right? They don't have mm-hmm. an, they don't have as much money as someone like the Lions are willing to give out, but they're also not automatic Super Bowl contenders like the Chiefs, right? right. So you gotta you got to pay more than the Chiefs, and then you have to show that it's just it's, – it's, they're, they're yeah. in a little bit of a purgatory situation, which makes make, – that's why when this news initially hit, Despite everyone texting me, I was like, not, not never going to happen. You can go to the Chiefs, yeah. game over. You know, it wasn't until yeah. today where I was like, oh, there's some real, you know, smoke to the to the flames here, you know. So that, that that's the difficulty I have. But, again, it, how how badly does he want to play with Deshaun Watson? Right, right? that's that what it comes down to. Yep. I have no idea. That's what it comes down to, yeah. And, and, and how – and also – I think it matters how much does Deshaun Watson go into Andrew Barry's office and pound the table as well. Like, sure. I think there's a factor yeah. to that as well. Um, I, I would also say that to your guys' point that uh, the Vegas odds you mentioned about the Browns being right there with the Steelers and like, I don't, I think the na- that nationally, the Browns are being criminally underrated, and I'm okay with it because I like them flying under the radar. Like, I think that's good for them as a whole, as a team. Like, we, they've shown in the past they don't handle the the bright light spotlight and expectations all that well, uh, or they haven't in the past. And, and I think it's fine. It's a good place to be is under the radar. But I, I think that if you think, if you believe that Watson is going to be, to your point earlier, Andrew, uh, anything close to 2020 Watson, then the Browns are not a nine-win team. They're more like an 11 or a 12-win team if he plays to that level. So I think that they are criminally underrated in situations like that because there are a lot of people around the country saying, prove it. Like, we need to see it first before we believe it. And I understand that, and I completely 100% agree with you, but that's where our, our bias comes into play, right? We see the Browns, we watch the Browns, we view the Browns, you know, but there there are people, you know, I spoke to someone the other day that unloaded a whole paycheck on the Pittsburgh Steelers over, and I thought, well, that's the same as the Browns over. And, their, you know, their their argument was sad. Well, you know, the Steelers got way better. They invested in an offensive tackle that's going to start immediately. Kenny Pickett was good last year. He's got to take another step forward. He's got a good connection with George Pickett. The defense is coming back healthy. You know what I mean? Mike Tomlin's a good coach. Ding, 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 ding. And all these things made sense. Now, I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, well, yeah, but they got to, you know, are they going to beat the Browns twice a year? Right? That's my argument. But it's all I'm he saying is that we He should have just lit it, it on fire. <laughs> I don't, but that's the thing, you know. But those are all sound arguments, right? If you if you sit there, and you listen to it, you go, "Oh man, you know, I'm I'm banking on this dude to play 
like he like three years ago. Who's who yep. sounds like the insane one? The guy who's right. the guy who's predicting to make the moderate leap forward, a moderate leap forward, or the guy that's hoping that someone could play as good as they did during COVID, right? Who's right. the insane one, right? And that's all. But, that's all I'm saying. I don't think it's and not just 2020, but the years leading up to that as well, to a certain degree, and and the trajectory that he was on. You don't play for two years. You come back and play I six think- games in the middle of a year. I think there's some. I don't know. I get your point. Like we're trying to talk ourselves into it, but it's not like it hasn't happened. It's not like we haven't seen it, and it's not like I I didn't I saw flashes of it last year. So for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's I mean, I, right? Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And and I, I I would just I would just say that you know I, I think that there are a lot of fair questions that you can ask about the Browns even beyond the Deshaun Watson question, which is obviously the most relevant question, right? But I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's a slam dunk that Jim Schwartz is going to, you know, fix the defense and have them playing as a top ten unit. I think it's, I, I like the chances, but it's not a slam dunk, right? I mean, the last time he coordinated an off uh, defense in in Philly, he basically had to like step away because they weren't good. So, uh, you know, I mean, that was the year after they won the Super Bowl. In fairness to him, but uh, they they did have a down year in twenty twenty, uh, and so you know, I, I think that that that's a question. Um, you know, I think uh, the the overall cohesion of the passing game, even beyond the quarterback, just a lot of new players running a new offense. You know, how Kevin Stefanski calls an offense that isn't a, a wide zone play action heavy offense, I think is a fair question. And 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 we as as people that cover the Browns have been saying for years that they have one of the most talented rosters in the league, and they keep not winning games. So at a certain point. The proof is in the pudding, right? They were eight and nine, and they were seven and ten. The, you know, one of the five most talented rosters in the league doesn't really do that. So, I I, I do think they have improved this offseason, but I think that like I don't think that the Vegas number is just about Watson. I think it's about there's a lot of questions now. I think there's reason to believe that those questions get answered favorably, and the Browns have a great year. But I don't think that that's a sure thing, and I think that the the odds nut makers making it a nine is reflective of the fact that it could got, kind of go either way. And and I mean, we, I, I think that there's, you know, to, to, to Josh's point from, from earlier, there's a chance that we're talking about somebody losing their job by October instead of playoff odds. I, I think it's, um, this is going to sound really cliche and you make some great points there that it's not just about Watson. Uh, and you, you make some points. I, this could sound really cliche and I'm going to sound super biased again. Right. Like, but like, I think they do have one of the top five rosters <laughs> talent-wise in the NFL again. Like, and I don't think that like that necessarily always results in winning. Like, I don't think we were wrong when we evaluated that the last few years. I just think that it didn't. Um, it has to, like teams that win are more than that. You know what I mean? Like, they're more than just a collection of talent, which. You know, you need to be careful of even here with with this, right? With this move, like, at what point are you just just throwing talent at the roster, or and, and yeah. you're not building a team anymore? Um, so, I, I think these are all fair questions, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I I would just I want to address something that's come up in the comments a few times. Um, yeah, that's a little bit of a, a, a turn here, but I think it's kind of on the same theme. 
you know, people are are talking about defensive tackle or linebacker, you know, as as other moves they could make instead of Hopkins. And you know, I, I, the the what I would say to that is that the the talent available at defensive tackle right now, in terms of free agency, um, or the talent available at linebacker and free agency, the 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 jump that you would get from even a player like you know like uh, Jordan Elliott or Maurice Hurst or Tristan Hill to to a player like. Shelby Harris or Matt Ioannidis, the guys that we talk about sort of ad nauseum at the defensive tackle position, it, it would be an improvement. But it's not anywhere near the improvement that you would get from going from Donovan Peoples-Jones to DeAndre Hopkins. And so when when you're building a team, it's not just about you know eliminating weaknesses. It's also about building strengths, right? And they have the opportunity. The Hopkins move provides them an opportunity to build one of the best wide receiver rooms in the league, I think, at least on paper. Um, for a quarterback who is, as we have discussed, struggling to find his way back to the quarterback he used to be. That is like the ability to put that together. And then also, like it's worth saying, with Cooper's contract structured the way that it is, if Hopkins accepts a two-year deal, they could they could simultaneously bring these guys in but also not be tied to them long-term. So there, there's flexibility there, considering the youth that they also have at the position with Moore and Tillman, uh, they would be. They could potentially do this this year, and then mostly transition away from it by next year. So, um, it, you know, I, I I understand that that players want or fans want to see you know a roster full, free of holes, but the it's this is about upgrading the ceiling, not necessarily about you know shoring things up. So it's a different type of move. And the other thing I would just say while we're while we're talking about it is, you know, trading or signing Hopkins makes them even further all in, and it makes the possibility of them signing one of those defensive tackles in uh, training camp, if they have a need or, you know, somebody gets hurt, I, I think it makes it more likely. Yeah. Um, I think you make a good point that um, you're talking about a diff- the difference in, in impact yeah. uh, of a, of a defensive tackle over, you know, who you're going to start there now versus uh, the impact that Hopkins could have, versus who you're going to start at wide receiver now out there. And uh, I think they, you know, like PFF um, measures that with war, right? Wins above replacement. So, like, I think if you looked at something like wins above replacement, you would see a much larger uh, jump by adding Hopkins to your roster than you would an Ioannidis, right? Exactly, exactly. It really is as simple as that because it's just about – it's just about raising that ceiling, and and I think that we all agree that the potential ceiling from a move like this is a, is a very very dangerous team. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I I, I want to be clear. I think this team is uh, is very good as constructed. I think that Barry has done a very good job going all in. But I think that we needed to spend this time uh, taking a real look at this because I didn't take it seriously until today, really, until this became real. And I think it was worth. Uh, hashing out, and you guys have been fantastic and made some great points. Andrew Spade at the OBR, uh, listen to him. He's always on here, uh, the streaming channel. Uh, he is. He's fantastic. Uh, he's been featured on Jake Burns' podcast as they've been going through uh, the new offensive. Very good episodes there uh, as well. Uh, my guy, uh, Josh Keatley. 
Uh, writes for the Buckeyes Wire, former running back in Valparaiso. Frequent flyer here on All Eyes on Cleveland joining us. Uh, great job tonight, guys. You guys have been fantastic. And, I, and, and you know, this is exactly what I wanted uh, when we want, you know, I wanted a real look at this thing uh, from you guys. And you guys have put this in, in uh, very, very laid out all of the aspects of this very well. And it'll be interesting to see which way it goes here in the next few days, right? Absolutely. I'm tuned in. I am tuned in too. And uh, so good stuff, guys. Thank you all in the best chat in the land for joining us here at All Eyes on Cleveland and participating like you always do. I appreciate you all. For Andrew Spade and Josh Keeley. I am Brad Ward. This has been All Eyes on Cleveland. We are out.